when you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. <laughs> Go Raider Nation, and welcome to Just Pod Baby with your host, Evan Grove, your home for Raiders news, notes, and information. Find us on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network, brought to you by SB Nation. Give me a follow on Twitter at egroat5 and stay up to date with all the latest Raiders news over at silverandblackpride.com. My guest tonight is Eric Bacharach, Titans beat writer for the Tennessean. All right, guys. Um... Feeling a little under the weather this week, so I'm going to try to keep this short and sweet if I can. I was listed as questionable for the podcast this week, but uh, I wanted to make sure that I at least got something recorded for you, even if it was just a brief episode. So I appreciate you guys uh, hanging in there with me. We're going to start the show tonight uh, with some thoughts on that smackdown that occurred last week in, in Kansas City. Uh, that's two games in a row now. The Raiders were embarrassed uh, in, in two real big games. Uh, as bad as things were against the Chiefs, um, I felt like uh, they were a bit more competitive than they were against the Jets, which is hard to believe. But to me, the turnovers were the the killers. Especially, you know, those turnovers early in the game uh, just really put the Raiders behind. You know, the eight ball, as they say. Uh, when when you turn the ball over three times in the first five possessions of the game, you're going to have an extremely difficult time. Uh, you know, winning the game and even being competitive in the game, especially when you're on the road in an environment like Arrowhead against the Chiefs. It's just not going to happen for you. I gave you my keys to the game last week on the episode, and I had to laugh as I was watching the game because I'm, I'm watching this game unfold, and, and everything I mentioned as a key for the Raiders in the game just did not happen. I mean, everything did not, you know, everything went the opposite. They did not get off to a, a a good start or an early lead. They were they were playing from behind to start the game, which is, you know, just just not the way this team is built to to play from behind. That you know they want to establish the run with Jacobs and and, and that's how they want to play. So so uh, just not a good recipe uh, for the Raiders. They lost the turnover battle, um, which again I thought was a key to the game that they had to win the turnover battle. And Josh Jacobs did not get that 20-plus carry, so that tells you right there that they were playing from behind. He didn't get the at-bats that he you know, that he needs. Uh, from an offensive perspective, it was just a really poor performance once again, just like it was uh, in New York. Uh, I don't think Carr played very well, um, although the final numbers may have looked okay. They were a, a bit inflated on that final drive there, the, or, or the scoring drive that the Raiders did have. He was seven of eight passing with 70 yards and a touchdown. So, you know, some some garbage time production there. Uh, but, you know, I, I can't put it all on him. I don't think the receivers did him any favors. Uh, it's very simple. The guys just were not getting open. Uh, it's really as simple as that. There's There is just – they do not have anyone right now that that is a threat. Uh, Hunter Renfro, when he went out with that injury – 
uh, against the Jets. He was really developing into Derek Carr's uh, go-to guy, you know, definitely on third downs. Uh, so you, you take him out of the mix, and there's just nobody there. Tyrell, Tyrell Williams has has been a complete disappointment. After a really good start to the season, I thought, uh, that injury has really kind of derailed his production. Um, a few weeks ago, I was hearing a lot of people or uh, you know, saying, oh, the Raiders need to use one of those first-round draft picks on a receiver. And I wasn't so sure of that. This was a few weeks ago. Uh, well, guess what? <laughs> I'm on board now. Uh, you know, I'm definitely thinking that with one of those first-round picks, a wide receiver would probably be a, a wise move to make. I, I've heard a lot about C.D. Lamb. I don't know if he'll quite fall to where the Raiders may be picking. Um, I think they're picking, as of right now, middle of first round. Uh, both their pick and the, and the Bears pick are kind of middle of the first round. Uh, but I, I would be completely on board selecting a, a wide receiver in the first round. I know this is a deep class for wide receiver, but they got to bring somebody in. There's just a, a huge lack of talent there right now. And when you think about it, think about this. Going into training camp, I know personally myself, when you look at the roster on paper, I remember thinking to myself, wow, look at this group of wide receivers they, they've put together here. Um, it was one of the deeper positions on the roster, and, and now it's just a complete mess. And, you know, obviously they lost Antonio Brown, and, and Tyrell Williams was kind of forced into that number one wide receiver spot, and, and that's just not, that he just is, he doesn't, that's not his role. He, you know, he's a complementary wide receiver. Um, he's more of a one trick guy, he's a, he's a, kind of a deep threat. Um, it's just a mess, and uh, you know it really makes it difficult to evaluate Carr. I think that's a big thing that you're hearing as of late, especially is, uh, you know, he's so polarizing. It's either you love him or you hate him, and, and of course we're always, myself included, we're always kind of evaluating him, and I think it makes it very hard to do that right now with the lack of talent that he has to throw the ball to. I think we, I think we got to be fair, um, in our evaluation right now. So, um. As far as the defense is concerned, uh, I do want to talk about their performance a little bit. I thought they were, they were, um, they did some good things um, throughout the game. Um, I think they did a nice job of getting some stops in the first quarter while the game was only uh, seven to nothing. Uh, even even when it was uh, fourteen to nothing at times, I thought they they um, you know held their own. They they did what they had to do to. Um, keep keep the offense. You know, give them a chance. Give them a chance. Um, uh, heck, even when it was, if you recall, after the the car pick six, um, the Raiders' next possession. So it was twenty one nothing at that point. The Raiders got the ball back, and if you recall, that that drive resulted in a missed field goal. Um, even after the Chiefs took over, the Raiders forced a punt. Now, it was just before half, but but even so, I mean, they did enough, I would say, in the first half to get the ball back to the offense to, to give them an opportunity. Um, but again, those those turnovers were killer. Um, so when you look at the score, you may, you know, you see 40 points and automatically you think, wow, the defense gave up 40. But I thought, again, they did what they had to do uh, to give the offense a chance, but it just it just didn't happen. Now the area of concern that I have for the defense, um, you know, in Sunday's game with the Chiefs is with the third down penalties. Um, 
I believe it was four times. And I actually, if you if you read my my stock uh, watch article this week uh, in the stock down, one of the three stocks that I have you avoiding this week was uh, the Raiders discipline on third down. So I'm just going to kind of take a look. I have the article right here in front of me. I'll, starting with the opening drive, it was uh, third and three uh, from the Oakland seven. And um, if you recall, Benson Mayoa, he was flagged for an offsides. So they got a stop on third down, but they were given another play because of the offsides and the um you know the next play, Patrick Mahomes threw a touchdown pass to to Darrell Williams. So, so there's seven points. Then you got midway through the second quarter, while it was still seven zero. Um, the Chiefs had another scoring drive that again was aided by a defensive holding penalty, which occurred on third and long, third and eleven, and uh, that was a, a um, the defense would have forced a field goal on that play, but there was a holding penalty call. I don't recall who it was on, um, and that gave the Chiefs a fresh set of downs. So two plays later, Mahomes he ran it in from 13 yards out. So, you know, th- now we're talking 14 points that were, you know, as a result of the penalties um, on third down. And and of course, you, who could forget Tyre Whitehead's getting flagged twice on the same play? That was a third down, if you guys remember. It, it was third and 11 again, third and long. Uh, he jumped off sides and then he, you know, continued on and and knocked Mahomes down to the ground and picked up an unnecessary roughness call, and um, the Chiefs didn't score a touchdown on that play, but they ended up getting a, a field goal. So now we're talking what uh, 17 points off of third down penalties, and then the real you know kick in the groin was uh, Trayvon Mullen's interception in the end zone, which again was on third and eight, and you thought, oh, great play, and all of a sudden. You know the plays being reviewed by officials in New York. There, the if the the play was not flagged on the field, and Gruden had a major problem with that, which does seem kind of crazy. I mean, the officials on the field aren't calling the penalty, but some guy sitting at a TV in New York is calling the penalty. So, I don't know. But uh, you know, the Chiefs there was a defensive pass interference called, so the the interception was nullified. And the the Chiefs were granted an automatic first down in the next play. LaShawn McCoy scores from three yards out. So what is that, 24 points um, off of penalties on third downs? So now that's that's a big factor in the game. As, as well as I thought the defense did, uh, there were just too many uh, self-inflicted wounds uh, by the defense. So, you know, where do the Raiders go from here? That's That's kind of where we're at right now. Uh, back home, that's that's where they go. They're going back to Oakland, back to the Coliseum to play their final two home games ever in Oakland. So uh, the place should be rowdy. I'm hoping that really inspires the team to want to, uh, you know, send the, the fans of Oakland and uh, you know send them out in, in style. So I'm hoping that inspires the team to really to, to play hard. Um, they desperately need these two games. They desperately need these games uh to keep the the pulse alive for the playoffs and and home has really been good to the Raiders five and one if you count the London game as, as a home game which I mean technically it was uh, and this one is huge because despite what's happened the last two weeks they're still they're still in the mix and Tennessee is also a team who is in the hunt for the wild card so this game could play a role in the tiebreaker scenario if it comes to that 
Uh, Tennessee is they're hot right now. They're they're rolling. Uh, Ryan Tannehill was inserted as the starting quarterback after a two and four start to the season with Marcus Mariota under center. Um, they're five and one with with Tannehill. They've won five of the last six games. The Titans they're a very good team. They have a a big physical running back and Derrick Henry who I think is. Uh, you know, really flying under the radar. I, you know, I, I consider myself a pretty good football fan. I, you know, obviously I follow the Raiders more than anything, uh, but I play fantasy and all that. I didn't even realize until I looked it up, Derrick Henry's third in the NFL in rushing. I mean, the guy's having a great season. I knew he was having a good season, but I didn't realize it was a great season. Um, so, you know, their offense goes through him. That's what they want to do, much like the Raiders. They want to establish their things, uh, the, the run game on the ground, and they want to beat you up in the trenches. On defense, also very good. They give up less than 20 points a game. It's, it's in top 10 in the league. They have a great young pass rusher in Harold Landry. Uh, he's got nine sacks. Logan Ryan is, is a it's a great corner. He's having a, he's having a great season. Um, so the Raiders, they're going to have their hands full. No doubt this week they're going to have their hands full. Um, but one good thing that Raiders have going in their favor, unlike the Chiefs, the Titans are a team that Derek Carr has had some success against in recent years. He has a 3-0 record against them. Uh, it seems like they play the Titans every year, doesn't it? Is it just me, or does it seem like every single year they're playing the Titans? Uh, that just It's strange to me. I think it's, what, three out of the last four years? Um, but they've had some success, and um, he has an intercept or a touchdown-to-interception ratio of 6-1. to So that the numbers are good for Carr against the Titans. Hopefully that continues. Um, so that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, you know, got to take care of business at home versus Titans and cross your fingers that we get some help uh, with the Steelers loss. If the Raiders should win this week and the Steelers lose, they play the Cardinals, um, then the Raiders are back in the playoffs. They would be back in the playoffs as the final wild card spot in the sixth seed. So, um, you know that Steelers game is uh, 4:25 kickoff. Uh, they are playing in Arizona, so that's definitely a game that I know that I will have an eye on. Okay, I'm gonna step aside for a moment. After this quick break, I will take a look at Friday's injury report. Okay, we're back here on Just Pod Baby with Evan Grote, and I have the injury report in front of me here. The Friday Week 14 injury report. We will start with the Tennessee Titans. Um, they do have four players listed as out. I'm going to start with linebacker Darren Bates. He's a former Raider, uh, special teams guy, um, big part of what the Titans like to do on special teams. He is out with a shoulder injury. So, um, you know, hey, all three phases, right? So anytime you lose somebody who's a, a major component of your special teams, that's, that's uh, you know, never a good thing. Um and the Raiders, you know, they can help help they can get on special teams because they've just been terrible. The return games have just been terrible for the Raiders. Um, wide receiver Adam Humphreys, who's who is their slot corner, so he's now out, and that's that's a big loss. That's a big loss. Anytime you lose lose a starter on offense, that is a big loss. He's played in fifty uh, percent of the snaps. I believe it will be Tajay Sharp is the replacement for him. Um, <clears throat> Also out is, they have two cornerbacks that will be out this week. Uh, Adoree Jackson, who I believe he plays in the slot as well. He's got a foot injury. And he's he's played quite a bit this year as well, 67% of the snaps. And uh, the other corner that is out this week is LaShawn Sims with an ankle. And I believe he was uh, not a starter, uh, but playing 
you know, quality snaps with uh, the injury to Mel- Malcolm Butler. So uh, they're going to be down a couple corners uh, in the secondary. So maybe this is a game where that passing attack for the Raiders can kind of get things going again and, and, and get back on track. Other than that, that's all you got for the Titans. Now we're going to um, talk about the Raiders injury report. And uh, I'm sure you saw it if you follow on Twitter, the big one already listed as out for the Raiders. And when I say big, I mean literally and figuratively, that's Trent Brown. Uh, this is a huge loss. He's out with a pectoral injury. And, um, you know, he didn't practice all week. So, um, you know, this guy's just been banged up all year. I mean, he's been listed on the injury report every week with uh, some sort of injury. This one's a new one. It was the knee uh, most of the season. Now he's got this pectoral injury. I listened to Gruden's press conference today. He was non-committal on what he thought uh, the chances of Brown being available next week. He he wouldn't even talk about it. So maybe this injury is a lot more serious than than what we know. So keep your fingers crossed about about Trent Brown returning. Um, pray to God we've got Brandon Parker starting at right tackle uh, on Sunday. So I don't know what's going on. I, I know David Sharp uh, was. The swing tackle a couple weeks ago, I know he also has kind of battled some injuries but was active, I believe, last week. He's healthy. He's not on the report, but it looks like Brandon Parker has kind of uh, leapfrogged him uh, on the depth chart for the swing tackle role. So maybe he's maybe he's shown some things in practice that we're not aware of, but uh I would be concerned. Uh, <clears throat> other players listed as out for the Raiders. Obviously, we know Hunter Renfro. Uh, I did hear Gruden say some positive news about Renfro, hoping to get him back for the Chargers game, which would be week 16. So it does seem like there is a chance that uh, Renfro could return from that punctured lung and uh, broken rib injury. The other player listed out for the Raiders is uh, Kyle Wilbur. Um, he has a... a ankle injury so again you know he's more of a guy you uh, a special teams player for the Raiders and and occasionally you'll see him um, you know in I guess in sub packages at linebacker Um, Josh Jacobs of course was also listed on the report as he continues to battle that shoulder injury which we now know is a fractured shoulder because he posted it on social media I mean that guy's as tough as nails fractured shoulder my gosh so he did not participate, though, Wednesday, Thursday. He's being listed as questionable. I would expect him to go. Um, I think the Wednesday and Thursday did not participate was more of a, a planned thing, just trying to, um, you know, limit limit him a bit in practice and kind of take it easy with him. So other than that, it looks like uh, everyone seems to be in good shape. So that is your Week 14 injury report. When I am returned from this quick break, Uh, I'll be joined by Eric Bacharach, Tennessee Titans beat writer for the Tennessean. On the line with me now is Tennessee Titans beat writer for the Tennessean, Eric Bacharach. Eric, how are you doing tonight? 
I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Thanks for uh, thanks for giving me some of your time. Now, it's been a really interesting season for the Titans uh, so far. They didn't get off to the start that they were hoping for, but uh, you know, as of late, they're really rolling. Uh, they've won five out of their last six games, and things have really started to take a turn for their season when Mike Vrabel decided to uh, make a move at starting quarterback, and he uh, inserted Ryan Tannehill, uh, I believe it was week seven, into the starting lineup. Um Right. What has Tannehill been able to do that Marcus Mariota was not able to do in those first six games? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's, it's been wild just sort of how, uh, you know, this offense has gone from, from one of the worst in the league. So, so right now they're scoring uh, close to 30 points a game since Tannehill uh, was named the starter for Week 7. And, you know, I think there's, there's a few things that go into that. I think number one, um, you know, Tannehill right now is just playing with a lot of confidence. He has been since he took over the role. Uh, you know, I, I think he's done a really good job of, of being poised in the pocket. It never really looks like he's he's worried back there or, or uh, you know, has a lack of confidence with the throws that he's making. He throws into tight windows. He's been incredibly accurate. I, I think one thing more than anything that stands out is his sort of decisiveness with, um, you know, the, the throws that he makes, um, just the decisions he makes when he, you know, looks to throw, looks to run. And that was really missing from this offense with uh, Marcus Mariota under center. You know, they just had no no semblance of, of confidence. There was no, you know, if, if they fell behind, you just never felt good about their chances to come back. With Tannehill now, uh, you, you kind of feel like they're never out of it. And, uh, you know, the formula has been kind of, uh, you know, run the ball with Derrick Henry, get him going. Obviously, he's, he's kind of gone off these past, few weeks he's led the league in rushing in each of the titans last three games uh you know averaging over over 160 yards on the ground uh in, in the past three titans games so it really does still all start with derrick henry and i think uh you know everything kind of builds off from there ryan Tannehill has done an incredible job of, of cashing in on play action and you know again that goes back to, to sort of defenses loading the box and um, you know, expecting uh, Derrick Henry or, or, you know, at the very least the threat of Derrick Henry really helps open stuff up for this offense. And, you know, again, that was missing, uh, you know, through the first six weeks of the season, uh, you know, because the Titans had to throw and they weren't able to do it that well with Marcus Mariota. So, you know, I, I really think that the pass and the run are sort of complementing each other right now. Um, and, and really what it's boiled down to is just both of those things working in harmony and, uh, you know, the Titans are now scoring close to 30 points a game. So everything going right uh, offensively right now for the Titans. Now, I know Tannehill is, is kind of a mobile quarterback. Is he uh, doing some damage with his legs as well? He is. Uh, you know, he's, he's a guy that uh, played a little bit of, of wide receiver back in his college days. And, uh, you know, we're, we're a long ways from there. But, uh, you know, he's, I think he's surprised a bunch of people here with just how athletic he is. Uh, you know, there's been a couple plays where, um, you know, he'll, he'll roll out, and, and if he doesn't see anything downfield, he takes off and, you know, can really do some damage. He's had a few rushing touchdowns that have been big plays for the Titans here. So, you know, he, he's certainly not, you know, just a, a one-dimensional threat. He could burn you with those legs, too, if you're not careful about him. So, uh, you know, he's got that going for him as well. So, you know, he's, he's really uh, sort of a di- dynamic threat back there. Now, you talked about the uh... – Titans run game a little bit with Derrick Henry. They do rank eighth in the league, averaging 125 yards a game. And, you know, in the NFL right now, you have a lot of talented young running backs, you know, Saquon Barkley, 
Alvin Kamara, Zeke Elliott, Christian McCaffrey. But one of the guys who's who's kind of unheralded right now is is Derrick Henry. He's quietly becoming one of the the better running backs in the league. I, I saw he was third in rushing. I didn't even realize that, to be honest with you, until I went and looked it up. Why is it that he's had so much success this year? Yeah, you know, I, I think if you look early in the season, uh, I, I think he was running efficiently, but he wasn't putting up sort of the eye-popping numbers that, that we're seeing now. And, and that, again, kind of goes back to uh, just sort of the dysfunction of the offense early in the season, um, you know, in, in the same way that, the pass was complementing the run and vice versa right now it, it, it kind of was working uh just in the opposite way earlier in the year with with the pass unable to get anything going uh, you know defenses were really able to, to slow henry down but you know I, I think the major thing right now for the titans is that uh, their play calling uh is really emphasizing what what henry does and um you know giving him the ball no matter the game situation and i I go back to a few weeks ago when the Titans were playing the Chiefs. They were trailing in that game by nine points in the fourth quarter, 29-20. Uh, you know, so, so in a situation like that, you're tempted to throw it a lot just to sort of get back quickly. The Titans had a 10-play drive, uh, a touchdown scoring drive that got them to within two points. And on that drive, on that fourth quarter drive when they were trailing by nine, they ran the ball seven times with Derrick Henry. So, you know, it, it's that type of being patient with the run and, and really sticking with Henry um, that has gotten them to this point because, you know, Titans fans have been sort of shouting that since since week one. He is their best offensive player. You know, we saw last December uh, when he ran for 625 yards across five games, you know, beginning with the 238-yard rushing performance against the Jaguars that also featured that 99-yard run. We saw Derrick Henry's potential at that point. You know, I think – one of the emphasis is this uh, this off season was just sort of, um, or the questions rather, uh, was can he keep that going? You know, maybe not at, at quite at that ridiculous rate, but can he um, carry over what went well toward the the end of 2018 and keep that going in 2019? And for the most part, that that held true uh, through the first part of this season. Again, he wasn't he wasn't you know rushing for 100 yards every game, but he was efficient. He was doing damage. Uh, but now that the pass is working, now that the Titans are sticking with the run, no matter the situation, uh, you know, they're staying patient with it. Henry's getting the carries that he needs because he's a guy that, um, you know, the more he gets it, the better he gets. He gets better later in games. He's really good uh, from carry number 15 onward. Uh, you know, so if he's getting uh, upwards of 20 carries a game, you know, usually you're in good shape. And, and for the Titans, that's been, you know, an important part of, of the recipes for success uh, of late. Now you can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, you know I don't follow the Titans real close. But one of the things that they've lacked in recent years is a threat at wide receiver. Now that I know they drafted Corey Davis in 2017 with the fifth overall pick, and you know I, I believe he's kind of the jury's still out on him, I guess you could say. And then they spent a second round pick on AJ Brown and. In, in, in 2019 so he's actually having a pretty good rookie season from what I could see 18.4 yards per catch talk to us a little bit about the Titans wide receivers is there a guy that Tanny Hill kind of leans on a little bit more than others sure yeah I think everything you said is is actually spot on you know for the Titans really the the one position that they've had very little luck in through the draft has been wide receiver you know you could go back years and years at that position and Corey Davis was you know, a number five overall pick in 2017. Um, you know, so uh, to, to say he hasn't fully lived up to expectations to this point is fair because, you know, if, if you're drafting a guy top five at his position, 
uh, you want more production that you've, you've gotten out of Corey Davis. He's, you know, he's done some stuff well. He's a really good blocker. But again, you know, when you're drafting a guy number five overall, you're expecting, you know, a Julio Jones type guy. And Corey Davis has certainly not been that. You know, I think a lot of it also is kind of what's going on around him with the offense, but he just hasn't fully developed into the guy uh, the Titans were hoping they would get in. And, you know, I still think there's there's uh, room for him to grow. And uh, I agree the jury is still um, out on him. But, but to this point, I think it's fair to say he's underwhelmed. A.J. Brown uh, kind of really burst onto the scene um, for the Titans. And, and he's kind of um, quickly lived up to, to sort of his billing. You know, he's a guy that they drafted out of Ole Miss and, and was super productive in college there. Uh, I think the Titans were, were kind of probably felt fortunate that he was around when they were picking in the second round. Uh, and, and, you know, he developed into, you know, a, a really big sort of game changer for them. I think he's got four or five passes caught that, that have gone for uh, maybe 45 yards or more this season. And so many of those uh, long passes have come after the catch where, you know, he's, he's kind of shown his strength, his speed. He's really a dynamic threat for them. Um, and, and, you know, he's, he's shown some star potential. So I think, you know, he's definitely a guy to watch. He's a guy that, um, you know, Titans fans are very optimistic about because, again, they've struck out so much uh, at wide receiver in the past that, you know, he's a guy right now that, that um, you know, you could really uh, sort of look to and, and, and think he's going to have a bright future in the NFL. You know, Titans also have Adam Humphreys, uh, although he will not be playing this week. He's dealing with an injury, um, and, he, and he's been ruled out already for Sunday. Uh, so that that is significant. Uh, you know, even though he hasn't been exactly lighting up the world, he's still, you know, a, a big threat out of the slot for the Titans, and he's played well uh, since Ryan Tannehill has taken over. Uh, and obviously, you know, at tight end, they're missing Delaney Walker, who's after the year, but John o. Smith has been a fairly reliable uh, tight end, pass-catching tight end. They also have Anthony Ferkser, who's got a really good set of hands at tight end. Uh, so that they've got, a you know, a decent uh, sort of stockpile of, of pass-catchers, um, but again, I, I, I think with this offense, it, it, everything goes back to Derrick Henry and, and sort of what um, kind of stems from, from his production and what he's able to do and, and just the threat that he is. Tennessee Titans beat writer Eric Bacharach on the line with us, giving us some of his time. Uh, I'm going to shift gears and jump over to the uh, defensive side of the ball now. We're going to talk a little bit about the Titans defense. Um, it's really interesting when you look at the numbers for the Titans defense, they they um, rank seventh in the league in points allowed, only giving up you know 19 and a half points per game, which is pretty good. Uh, but they rank in the bottom half of the league when it comes to yards allowed. So, um, is this one of those cases of uh, a bend but don't break style defense? That that's exactly what it is. Um, you know, they 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 bend often. Um, you know, we see long drives that go all the way down the field, but you know, then they're they're able to clamp down. And and you know, this is a team that last year. Um, kind of had a similar makeup when you look at, I guess just statistically, you look at the yardage versus the point score. They're really good at keeping teams off the board. You know, whether that's, um, like you said, bending but not breaking down in the red zone, uh, preventing really big, um, you know, plays to go for scores. And they've also been pretty good about um, turning the ball over and forcing turnovers. Um, you know, so I, I think all year long the defense has been the strength even though that's kind of, um, you know, in a, a weird twist, it's, it's kind of uh, shifted where the offense is right now, um, you know, doing a lot of the heavy lifting. The defense has just been steady all season, um, you know, was steady at the beginning of the year. I think they've held um, eight or nine opponents this season 
uh, 20 points or fewer. Um, you know, so that, that's a really big number for them, and it's been kind of a hallmark of Mike Rabel's team since he uh, took over as head coach uh, last season. Uh, they're just a really sort of disciplined, sound football team. Not not a ton of star power defensively, but you know you've got Kevin Byard at safety. Um, you know he, he leads the NFL in interceptions since the beginning of the 2017 season. You've got Jarrell Casey, uh, four-time Pro Bowler, defensive tackle, anchoring that defensive line. You throw in Jeffrey Simmons, uh, a, a, a rookie first-round pick out of. Uh, Mississippi State, and then you know you look elsewhere in the secondary. You got Logan Ryan, Kenny Vaccaro. They're just a very sound team that you know might not be the flashiest in, in terms of names, but um, you know they, they just get it done and they're really good about keeping uh, teams off the scoreboard. Yeah, and you mentioned it. Uh, Titans are among one of the best teams, or among the best teams in the league when it comes to takeaways with 19 on the season. They have a plus five turnover differential, so that's definitely an area where uh, you know it helps uh, keep points off the board. Um, when you look at the Raiders' offense, I'm sure you've had some time to kind of take a look at the offense leading up to the game this week. Is there a a player or a matchup in particular? Um, that you believe that that the Titans coaching staff is, uh, you know, a little bit concerned about? Well, I mean, I, I think obviously the obvious one there is, is just sort of Josh Jacobs. I know, um, you know, that, that they're, they're often kind of run through him. And um, I, I think it's kind of been interesting to see that even when the Raiders struggle, Jacobs still, you know, is productive and, and gets his yards. And, um, you know, that, that's certainly been a focus for the Titans this weekend, it's obviously really impressive that he's doing doing everything he's doing while injured. Um, you know, I, I think that is really impressive, and, and that's um, you know obviously something that the Titans uh, have to hone in on. But you know, uh, I, I think Darren Waller uh, is, is arguably going to be one of the tougher tight ends, one of the best tight ends the Titans have faced this year. Uh, they did they did face Travis Kelsey earlier in the year, so he's probably number one. But listen, Waller might be number two, and um, you know, I think that's a matchup that the Titans, again, uh, like Jacobs, they've been focused in on all, all week. Um, you know, they've, they've at times struggled against tight ends. I think Kelsey, um, you know, in that game against the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes threw for over 400 yards. So, um, you know, everybody kind of did well in that game. But they did find a way to win that game in the end. So, you know, I think Jacobs and, and Waller, just like any other team that the Raiders face, uh, you know, I think for the Titans, those are two guys that they're really honing in on. Now, I do want to um, discuss the injury report. I have the I have the Friday injury report here in front of me. You already mentioned Adam Humphreys was listed as out. Uh, there were a couple other guys who were listed as out. Uh, linebacker Darren Bates, I believe he's a former Raider. Um, he's more of a special teamer. Uh, Adoree Jackson, he's he's been listed as out as well as Lashawn Sims. Um, can you just tell us a little bit? Um, about their roles, I guess. I, I know that Humphreys and I think Jackson are the only two guys that actually start. Um, who are Who's the next guy up for the Titans? Yeah, well, I mean, as you mentioned, Darren Bates is, is a special teams uh, specialist, uh, and he plays an important role there. He's, you know, a, a important part. He's, you know, a, a captain-like guy for that, that unit, um, an important part of the special teams unit. Uh, and then you've got LaShawn Sims, who you know, was playing an important role with uh, Malcolm Butler placed on injured reserve um, uh, in November. So, you know, that's another key loss. Uh, and, you know, that's compounded with the loss of Adoree Jackson this week. So they are thin uh, at, at cornerback this week as they were last week. 
so that they signed uh, earlier this week. They signed signed Tremaine Brock off the uh, the Cardinals, who was released on Monday from the Cardinals. Veteran guy, ten year NFL veteran. Um, you know, who, who they're able to to bring into practice this week, get, kind of get him caught up to speed quickly, um, and throw him in there because, as I mentioned, they are in at that position. Uh, and then losing Adam Humphreys is, is is obviously significant. He's a big big part of the offense. Uh, you know, was signed this past offseason, but you know, some of the past catchers that I mentioned will have uh, a slightly increased role. Uh, you know, we'll see um, if Tajay Sharp's role increases. He's a wide receiver that um, you know his, his done fairly well in spurts with Ryan Tannehill under center. And uh, also Khalif Raymond. He's uh, the last receiver on the depth chart. Uh, caught a 40-yard pass um, for a touchdown that kind of sealed their win over the Colts last week from Tannehill. So he's a guy that, you know, has a ton of speed and can sort of take the top off the defense. So maybe he gets, you know, a couple more looks this upcoming week. So uh, just let me make sure I understand this properly. Was uh, LaShawn Sims was a starter once Malcolm Brown went out? Or Butler, I'm sorry, well, Malcolm it would, Butler. It would, well, it would have been Logan Ryan and Dory Jackson uh, with Sims as the number three uh, cornerback. But you know, just with the way the Titans play, he's uh, you know he, he gets a ton of snaps in, the, in that defense. So um, that, that it's a big loss. Uh, and again, you compound that with uh, the loss of Dory Jackson. They're down to uh, Logan Ryan, who is playing at a Pro Bowl caliber level this year. So he's right now he's the number one quarterback. You also have Ty Smith, who had a really big uh, game this past week, uh, returning a, a, a kick, uh, a kick that Dane Grookshank blocked on a field goal for a touchdown. So they are thin, uh, but yeah, Sims was in a, in a prominent role uh, in that secondary. Okay, interesting. Good information there. Uh, last thing I want to ask, uh, I always ask everyone I interview this question, the last one, is just give me a game prediction. Do you have a score that you think might uh, might occur? I think I said uh, 30 to 27 Titans. Uh, I, I think we, we do predictions every week. I believe that's what I said uh, or wrote um, in our story, prediction story. You know, I think uh, I, I think it'll be a really tough game for the Titans. I think, you know, there you know, a lot of fans here are looking ahead to uh, the Texans in week 15, and then they play the Saints, and then they play the Texans again. So twice in three weeks they play, you know, the team leading their division, and it's easy to look at those three games um, – uh, and overlook this one, but obviously this one is just as important as those. Uh, there's there's a ton on the line when you look at the wild card and the implications there for the Titans. And I know the Raiders have been really good at home this season, four and one. Uh, you know, in Oakland, um, and uh, you know it's, it's a long trip for the Titans, so I think it's going to be a tough game. Uh, the Raiders, like the Titans, kind of have their backs against the wall. I think it's going to be sort of a grinded out type of game, but just with the way the Titans are playing right now. Everything, all three phases, really seem to be clicking strongly. So I, I, I give them uh, the edge by by a hair there. All right, great job there. And you said it. It is a very big game for both teams. Uh, you know, the Raiders are looking to bounce back after two very, you know, embarrassing performances here and you know coming back home and like you said there's a lot on the line here with the wild card and you know as the titans are trying to keep pace with the texans in that uh you know lead for the or you know trying to catch up with them for the division but eric thank you very much for joining us uh you know you did a great job here tonight uh thanks for joining me and enjoy the game on sunday thanks appreciate it all right great spot there with eric Bacharach from the tennessean uh, I do appreciate you, Eric, for hopping on. Uh, you know, I had a, I was scrambling to find a, a guest this week, uh, 
So, uh, you know, I, I finally got in touch with Eric and, uh, you know, on short notice, he agreed to do this interview with me tonight. So I do, I do appreciate you, Eric. All right, Raider fans, that is going to do it for this week's edition of Just Pod Baby with Evan Grote. I appreciate all of you tuning in each week and, and giving us a shot. Uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so yet. And also, leave us a review and a rating. Uh, let me know how I'm doing, how I can improve, and, and, and what you like about the show. Hope everyone enjoys the game on Sunday, and I hope everyone has a great week. And as always, just win, baby.